0: Brace yourselves, winter is coming. What the writers of uh, Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin-safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with your close shave down there. No need. To have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The performance package also includes Crop Preserver, it's the odorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver ball toner will keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries the crop mop ball wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their foot duster foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The refined cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scented designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the shed travel bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscape.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscape.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the code unfiltered20. It's time to join the Manscape movement. These podcast products are no joke. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered episode 213. I'm your host, Blaine Putvay, and I'm joined now by uh, a special guest, Andrew Zadanowski. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Blaine. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, you know, you're ubiquitous on uh, Habs Twitter. So it, I'm amazed it's the first time I've been able to get a hold of
1: you. <laughs> well, I, I am a hard person to get a hold of. Yeah. I'm actually quite busy, but uh, absolutely. Like any time, any time you want to have a chat, uh, feel free to reach out and I'll see where I can slot in.
0: <laughs>
1: I appreciate that.
0: And I do appreciate you coming on today. Um, the biggest reason I, I wanted you on this week is to uh, raise some awareness for the charity that we're both working on. So you, you run the company 514
1: shirts. Yeah, that's right. So it's a, a website that I started up with some custom designs of just, of so had some ideas in my head for, for, for shirts that I would want to put out there. And I figured I'll just, you know, Start up a site and see what I can do with it. Uh, have a bunch of shirts, a bunch of selections, uh, and you know, and, and it was I was going good. And uh, I got approached by yourself for for an I for for a concept for to raise some uh, raise some money for Vets Canada, who look after uh, veterans who come back from the military from service and uh, and are kind of you know lost by the system, maybe homeless, kind of uh, and 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 this in hope that this this organization helps these veterans out and. Uh, and you approached me with the idea to raise, uh, some funds for them through a charity, uh, through five, one, four shirts. So we have the Habs unfiltered shirt with all proceeds going towards this charity.
0: Yeah. And the sales have been pretty good. I can't wait to see the final, uh, the final tally. Uh, and we're doing our last push here now, uh, yep. because it's a limited time. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe the final date is the 20th of December. Am I correct?
1: That's right. The, the idea is to give uh, present a, a check to, uh, to, uh, to the to the charity uh, just before Christmas. So when, for their final Christmas push, when they're uh, looking at um, however however they want to use up that money for for the Christmas holidays, uh, they'll have a nice uh, check uh, from uh, Habs Unfiltered and 514 shirts.
0: Well, I'm hoping that uh, our listeners keep keep buying as many shirts as possible. I mean, they make great stocking stuffers, uh, wonderful mm-hmm. gifts, buy 10, 12 at a time.
1: No, no, absolutely. A dirty dozen, as I say.
0: That's right. You save money on shipping and you do that.
1: Of course. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> so that's
0: right. So, uh, the t-shirts it's, uh, all the profits uh, will go to Vets Canada who do yeah. boots on the ground work and get all the, um, anybody who's fallen through the cracks, they, they help them out. Um,
1: Exactly. And, and I thank so, you for approaching me as well because, oh, uh, you know, I had absolutely no hesitation to jump into this.
0: You know, honestly, when I, when I approached 514 shirts, I had no idea who was running it. I just knew that it was a small local Montreal company. And I thought who better to, you know, I'd help out a small company and that's Canada.
1: And, and, it, and uh, surprise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a little surprised. I, I didn't even know it was you until about uh, two, three months after we started uh, talking.
1: I kept it on the down low initially. I mean, there, there is a certain, uh... I had a certain uh, hesitancy to, to to tie my name, to correlate my name to it right away. Um, you know, like I, I do have a certain brand value uh, on social media and in, uh, kind of in, in sports media and uh, didn't want to tie that to something that would in, <laughs> fail immediately. So I tried to see if I could get it off the ground just kind of as, as a separate entity. And eventually as things kind of started going well, and especially around the promotion of this, uh, for this charity, uh, I just, uh, I kind of, the curtain back to show that was me all along <laughs> the wizard of shirts <laughs> um
0: well speaking of sports we'll uh we'll switch over now a little bit to uh the main topic of the show is the canadians but yeah. what i wanted to focus on in this episode is a little bit more with the development side the minor mm-hmm. leagues because you've made it clear several times through your timelines that you're focusing more on teams like the Trois Rivieres and Laval Rocket because they're just more fun.
1: It, it's more fun. Plus, coverage isn't as saturated. I mean, it's 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 a lot harder to kind of carve out a niche for yourself if you're just another one of of fifty people that are are looking after the halves. And I mean, I'm I'm not boots on the ground reporter. I'm not a I'm not there. You know, doing the the boots. <laughs> I use I say boots in the ground. <laughs> Completely. I, I, I'm not by accident. I was like, not a pun that I intend to do, but I'm not a reporter that's there day by day. I'm just, you know, a, a guy kind of online, write some opinions, write some thoughts. I don't consider myself a journalist. So there's a lot of that kind of people that covered the Montreal Canadiens. Um, for me, looking after Laval, looking after Trois Rivieres, more of a passion. I just kind of like seeing the guys that come up. I like seeing development, I like seeing upward momentum. So it, it just, it seemed like a right fit for me to look after Laval and especially, especially Rivieres this year. I am, I'm passionate for uncovering the next David D'Arnais. You
0: know, and the the way they've signed all those francophones for mm-hmm. the local team, um, you never know, there might actually be one in that group. Someone scored a four goal game just recently.
1: Peter Abandonato, and he got called up uh, to Laval. So he's already jumped a step up, and uh, we'll see how he does. He should, be, he should be playing his first game for the Laval Rockets tonight, tonight being Wednesday. I don't know when your show is going to be airing, but...
0: Uh, we'll we'll uh, put it out tonight.
1: Okay, there you go. So he's playing his first game tonight with, uh, with the Rocket.
0: Yeah, and uh, staying with trois are they are mm-hmm. they're an expansion team, and yeah. they are in a playoff spot currently.
1: They are currently in a playoff spot. They had a rough start to the season. They didn't have any preseason games. There was no exhibition games. They basically just went from practice to playing against the top team in the ECHL, the Newfoundland Growlers. So as you can imagine, those games didn't go over too well. Uh, Newfoundland kind of, I think, scored their first goal 13, 13 seconds into the Leone's franchise. Uh, so that didn't go over very well. And you know, there was concern of how good this team would be. Uh, of late they've now won six in a row they're i think in third place in the division uh running neck and neck with the reading royals Uh, and in general after talking to one of the players when i was in toliver uh, a couple weeks ago they initially kind of approached it arrogantly thinking that they had enough talent in the locker room that could just get by on, on talent alone and it took um a freak out from the coach every bit on, on certain players and scratching a certain amount of like veteran players to really get the message across that we will, we can only win. If everyone follows the system, if everyone pulls in the same direction, um, kind of, you know, kind of, a, you can, you can kind of uh, equate it to the military mindset of everyone's got to pull in the same direction. Otherwise, you know, you're, we're not going to get, you know, I to not write the ship and, and sure enough, something clicked with all the players that they bought into the system and even the players that were healthy scratches all bought into what they're trying to achieve. And they won three, um, three in a row against the Reading Royals and then three in a row against the Florida Everblades. Florida Everblades are one of the traditional powerhouses of the ECHL. And to see the Lyon win three, game in, three games in a row against them, uh, that was quite the achievement that I don't think anyone expected. But as a result, they're now uh, in a playoff spot in the third spot in the division. They dug their way out of the basement where they were three weeks ago. And uh, yeah, and it's quite an exciting time. It's a, it's a ma- gorgeous, brand new building. If if anyone, uh, any of your listeners are in Trois Rivieres anytime soon, uh, I definitely recommend it. It's it's really a beautiful new arena. Um, it's right sized for the for the expected crowd. So you're not you know putting three thousand people in a ten thousand people attendance building because you get that kind of empty ghost feeling. But this is you know four four and a half thousand seats three and a half thousand people in there you have a real good atmosphere it's really everyone's into it everything's brand new and shiny so it's it's well worth the visit and the team i think is is doing the the fans proud
0: yeah and they're facing off against newfoundland again this weekend with a three-game set yep. so people may not my listeners may not realize that the owner of the newfoundland growlers is also the owner of the 20 yell that's right so he it's kind of like
1: they're beating up their brothers. That's it. It's, it, this is, this is a big brother fight for sure. Yeah. You know, uh, Dean McDonald owns uh, three ECHL teams at this point. So Newfoundland and Iowa Heartlanders as well. Uh, so he's kind of made a big step into ownership in the ECHL. And I think he's kind of uh, identified a, a market from an early inception point of view as, as NHL teams start to take the ECHL more seriously, you're going to start seeing more money being invested into ECHL teams. And I think Dean McDonald got in on the ground level where just before the ECHL really takes off. Uh, so with three teams under his belt, that's, that should, uh, should yield a nice tidy return for him eventually.
0: Yeah. And this baseball style, double AA, A, triple A system that mm-hmm. uh, people attribute to the Toronto Maple Leafs, starting with Newfoundland,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, calling it the, the uh, I guess it's the Toronto, the Toronto system. What, what model. Is, yeah, the Toronto model. What, what is your view of how this, how effective this could be?
1: I, I think it's very effective because um, there's players that are late bloomers, and when you have just one minor league team, uh, you don't have enough spots for these guys that are like you know that could be diamonds in the rough. Uh, with the Laval Rocket, you obviously have all your draft picks that are there, and then you sign maybe like up, up to ten minor league players to fill up that team. Uh, with, the, with the Leo now in place, you have the possibility of signing another 10. So another 10 more players under AHL deals that you know, you know maybe they, they still need time to develop. Maybe they have natural shooting skills, but their skating sucks. Or their skating is good, but they can't handle a puck. The ECHL is a great place to have those kind of guys start. Um, we've seen a few guys through the, uh, through the AHL that the AHL was too high of a level for them. I'm thinking uh, Antoine Waquet or however you want to pronounce his last name, w- Waked. Waked. <laughs> um, he was he was with uh, Laval in their first year. Uh, and you can tell that he was just missing a step, that he wasn't uh, ready to, to stay at the HL level. And I think if Montreal had an ECHL affiliate back then, uh, it would have really benefited him. Uh, The following year you saw guys like uh, Michael Pazeta spend some time uh, with the main Mariners in the ECHL and, and he did very well there as a result. And, and now he's up in, uh, in Montreal. It's just that, that one little step back. Uh, Michael Ryder is another classic example of a guy who couldn't keep up in the HL, stepped back into the ECHL and then just rose to the, to the NHL. Uh, It's an additional avenue for players to kind of hone their skills. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think, so some players may take may take an ECHL assignment as uh, as a death knell for their careers, but if you if you take a look at some of the things that players have done, uh, it, it's done them great. Um, Cam Hillis, you know, had a hard time last season playing with uh, with the Rocket, so he started the season with with the Lions, and now he's he's up with the Rocket again, and he's got himself a regular spot in the lineup. So there's there's a lot to be said about. What an, a secondary affiliate can do to they're just give you time to hone your skills, to, to kind of work on the things you need to work on. The coach will give you time. Like if, if you're a center and you kind of face off time, he'll give you the face offs. If you're if you're forward and you need power play time, you'll get the power play time. You know, there is no more. Once you're once you're at the NHL level, the NHL level is not a development. Beat. They're not going to. Well, this guy needs to practice his power play. Well, let's, let's give him a couple power play rounds. You're either ready or not. And that's it people complain about Cole Caulfield not being on the power play or Norlander not getting power play time. Coach's decision, if the player's ready, if the player's not ready, he's not ready, he's not going to get that time. That's not what the NHL is for. So having two affiliates kind of gives the organization the flexibility to to allow these players to kind of work on those skills that they still need to work on before they attempt at the NHL level. And
0: what what kind of looks like it's affecting both teams now, both Laval and trois Rivieres is the, uh, the Canadians injury, <laughs> the injury bug. They have a dozen players out. So yeah. how is this, how is this affecting these two teams?
1: Well, Laval has benefited from, from a deep roster already. They, they There's no roster limit at the HL level. So they had several um, uh, spare players already, but obviously they got to a point where they did start calling up players from trois Rivieres, like, uh, Charles-David Baudouin, I have a teacher here, uh, <laughs> there's uh, Peter Abandonado as well, who's called up, and then they had players that were supposed to start at the ECHL level, uh, Carl Neal, Alexandre Fortin, guys that were supposed to start there that didn't even make it down there yet because of the injuries right at the beginning of the season, so there is obviously upwards momentum, and it ends a lot easier, you no longer have to call around various ECHL teams to see who's, who's available, whose affiliate will let you take one of their play, like players out of their ECHL affiliate. There's no more negotiations. There's a 1-800 number you call and you get yourself a player the next day. Um, obviously, you know, everything goes upstream and eventually, trois have got to find themselves some players. And I think they're in a strong position because there is a, a single-A pro league in Quebec, Ligue uh, Nord-American du Hockey, the LNAH, uh, where they're getting a lot of spare players out of uh, and I think it's to their benefit, and it's to the benefit of of hockey in Quebec because there is that upward uh, destination now, the upward trajectory for a lot of players that want to play pro in Quebec. Um, some guys that were coming out of junior who weren't drafted, who didn't get that opportunity to play somewhere, uh, would end up going to university. But now they have the option of playing in the ECHL if they're, if they're you know, at that level. So I think there's a lot of um, openings now for hockey, for, 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 uh, for professional hockey uh, players in Quebec, and obviously all the injuries are just opportunities at a lower level. So we've seen uh, Togiev sign four players yesterday, you know, four players that would not have, have had an opportunity to play in the ECHL unless um, unless Togiev was there.
0: Now the effect on Laval, thankfully, they had that uh, that full uh, that added roster. There's, mm-hmm. They have a game tonight, uh, yeah. as we mentioned. Uh, they're going to be playing against Manitoba with uh, Primo starting in net.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Their defense seems a little bit decimated. But bit. that opens the door for Norlander for development uh, on the power play yeah. and more time. We've mentioned this before. And um, there's been some talk of him wanting to go back to Europe. So mm-hmm. what kind of impact could this have for him?
1: Well, he's certainly frustrated by the process and it's not been easy for him. I think uh, expectations all around were that he would go to Sweden after training camp. Um, he got injured at training camp. That kind of kept him out. Uh, injured players aren't released to their teams uh, until they're healthy. That's uh, just the, kind of the way it is. Like you see like um, Joel Teasdale is still theoretically with the Montreal Canadiens right now uh, yeah. just because he's injured. So Northerners stayed with Montreal and he got healthy and then Montreal started kind of Seeing what they do with him, healthy scratch, healthy scratch, conditional loan to Laval, bring him back, healthy scratch, couple of games, now back down to Laval. He's kind of frustrated by the process, um, but you know it's the organization's choice as what they do with him and what they think is best for his development. He's he's got a contract with them, so he's got he's got to listen to them. But now that he's down in Laval and he's only one of two players on NHL contracts on the defense in Laval, uh, he's going to get all the time in the world he wants. So he's going to get all the power play time. He's going to get. Uh, 20 minutes a game easily uh, and it's up to him to take make the most out of this opportunity you know hockey is a sport of opportunity when the opportunity presents itself you you make the most of it so if he's feeling at all frustrated if he's feeling at all homesick if he's feeling at all kind of uh let down by the organization well this is an opportunity to get it all out on the ice and prove everybody where he is and who he is and uh you know maybe then they'll, they'll change their mind as to what best course of action for him is if, if they're keeping him in Laval right now, it's probably because they think they need to keep a close eye on him. Uh, if he proves that he's above the AHL level, then they'll send him back to Forlunda in, the, in Sweden to kind of get those, uh, those top pairing minutes or top four pairing minutes. Um, that's going to be interesting for him for sure. So we'll be watching him closely tonight. Yeah, he's...
0: Uh, the, originally, he was supposed to just go down for three games. And now this news about him, you know, being a little bit homesick. If they did send him back, I mean, Frölunda's already—they've re- been living without him the entire season. So other people have stepped up into those roles yep. that he has vacated. Yep. So the the fans' expectation that he's just going to go back to Europe and step right into where he was, I think, is a little bit misguided.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, f- yes, in a way. I mean, he is who you, he is—a top pairing player for Sweden. So as you know, as we see our players return from injuries, it's not like. A, a guy like, uh, uh, like Shea Weber, if he's come back, he wouldn't play bottom pairing minutes, right? He'd be top pair right away. So same thing with Norlander when he goes back to Sweden is he'll go be put in a position where the team will want to utilize him best. And that's top pairing or second pairing for sure. I don't think he's any, any concerns about losing minutes if he goes there. Uh, the one argument to keep him here is obviously the ice size. The the rink in Sweden is is uh, is medium size compared to Russia but it's not it's not international size but it's not NHL size it's kind of this middle size so the argument is maybe to keep him here just so he gets used to the smaller ice rink and the faster gameplay um but really if a guy is feeling homesick I, I don't know what that does to someone's psyche I, I'm not a big fan of, of Russian players to the NHL because you know we've seen it time and time again I can't speak for other organizations, but we've seen on the Montreal Canadian side where they rush a player and that player just tends to, to fizzle out and maybe develop bad habits on and off the ice. Uh, you know, Guillaume uh, Natandres was one guy, uh, Alex Galchenyuk, Nisperi uh, Kotkaniemi, three examples of players that would have been top prospects that, you know, perhaps are not meeting their potential because they were exploited too soon.
0: Yeah. And, in and- in the homesickness case, I mean, i travel quite a bit for my job, my day job as well. And I get homesick, but I get distracted by my job. Fair. That's how I, 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 refocus myself in his case. He's not getting as much playing time. He's got more time to think about because he's got all mm-hmm. these gaps in between play uh, game days and practices. Yeah. So if he's feeling down on himself on, uh, from his time on the ice, that'll just feed the homesickness.
1: So and he'll it'll eat away at him too. So from yeah. a from, from a from a mental point of view, um, I certainly hope they have some kind of some sort of coach or some kind of life skills coach working with him about, about with that. And I don't, I don't know if that's something that Montreal provides. Uh, we saw Jeff Gordon talk a lot about uh, off ice development and and mental health help for players. Uh, definitely having how old is he? Twenty one years old, Norlander. Yes. Yeah, having a twenty one year old completely living away from family friends and in a new country new language and everything uh it, it could be intimidating so yeah for sure once he's on the ice he's doing what he does best but as soon as he's got time to think about it off the ice you know it's something that could could cause a problem down line
0: now on the canadians itself uh with all the injuries uh, we just saw today that they called up Yesi he from the laval rocket yeah. uh they do place them on a fourth line do you feel that that is just a step for him until he shows he can do more or? Kind or of. I mean, I,
1: I, I, it comes down to who Ducharme is familiar with. He'll play those players. Um, again, the NHL is not to develop players, but it's to use the players you have. Uh, and if Ducharme's not familiar with you, you're not going to get used. Uh, and if he's not happy with you, you're not going to get used. The fact that uh, Laurent Dauphin got as much time yesterday as he did kind of shows that he's got the coach's trust. More than other players, and maybe some of the other players have higher ceilings. But if you're steady and consistent, and the coach knows exactly what he's going to get from you when he puts you on the ice, then you will get much more usage than someone who the coach won't know if you know if you're going to come or you're going to go on ice.
0: Yeah, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of discussion about Romanov's time and a time on ice being sometimes closer to Dauphins, but he had Mm -hmm. a ton of penalties. The one I kind of wonder about was paling with uh, Dvorak being hurt midway through the game there. That means another center position was opened up. It didn't seem to really give him more ice time.
1: No, I mean, certain, certain players, especially prospects and younger players, you know, the, the coach has a plan for them, a game plan for them. To, and, what they, and what they think will be best for their long-term development and to have any sort of reactionary um, changes to that game plan certainly will could, could be detrimental to that player's development. So in, in Paling's case, I think it was a question of, okay, we're on, we're on the right track with him. He's certainly a better player than he was before. He's certainly a better player than he was at the beginning of the season. He's, he's, he's on his way. Let's keep taking our time with him. So every, I, I see a lot of people online saying, play the younger guys as much as possible to give them that experience. Well, what if that experience shakes their confidence? What if that experience leads to overstretching them and getting an injury or, or something? Uh, Hockey is a very reactionary sport from the fan base. But on the ice, development for someone's career takes time. It takes a lot of patience. And, and it takes a plan that you have to stick to. One of the things, you know, from a, from a hockey operations point of view that I appreciate about Mark Bergevin is that when he had a plan, he stuck with it. it Doesn't matter what the people said. Didn't matter, like, what the injuries were. He, he didn't panic. He stuck to his plan. And, you know, we don't see that as much visibility from the coaches what the plans are for the prospects. But you got to bet that paling, There's there's a certain – projection for paling where they want him to be in five games 10 games 20 games uh and and the fact that they didn't give him more ice time maybe just gives just lets us know that the coaches think he's on the on the path but not quite ready to be fast tracked
0: exactly and we you mentioned you know speeding up development being detrimental for cut uh it could be for in this case as well i can understand that um but and the paling uh, paling's development kind of points to a success story for the Canadians and That's one it. that they're, <laughs> they're desperate to have.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, the, the biggest disservice paling did to himself was to score that hat trick in his first game, everyone <laughs> loved it, it was fantastic, but um, it just set the expectations way too high. You know, he's a, he's a late first round pick, not an early first round pick. Late first round picks might as well be second round picks. You never know how long it's going to take to develop them. You never know. I mean, he'd also had a successful juniors uh, tournament, but players just take time to develop. Uh, and in his case, it was too much too soon. And I think he put a lot of pressure on himself in his, in his true rookie year and, and kind of fell apart on him. Um, he's back now. I think he's built a stronger um, uh, uh, mental foundation for himself. He's got a lot more, uh baseline skills that he's developed uh, and I think he's progressing nicely now at, at a pace that's good for him so he you know he recovered from the the highs of the first game and now he's on 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 track for being a, a full-time NHLer and
0: with Gordon say, uh, stating that development's a very big key component for his uh, his regime this could be a success that Bergevin has left for him to begin yeah. with
1: I mean uh, so far Gordon hasn't really put his his imprint on this team at all uh, sure, Kyle Clegg is his first that uh, the first Gordon player. Yeah. but uh, it's this is still theoretically Bergevin's team, and Bergevin's team has got tremendous amounts of injuries, but uh, but the paling paling kind of being better this year and where he's at right now is certainly part of uh, Bergevin's uh, development.
0: Now, if there is one player that you would be able to point to that's currently in the minor system that you mm-hmm. feel could become, a success story and not, I'm not saying a star player, even, even someone who just makes the fourth line. Is there one player that you can kind of pick out out of that group?
1: One player I'd like to see move their way up is Toby Bisson. Paquette Bisson, the the defenseman for the rocket signed last year to an AHL deal, got an AHL deal this year. Again, Uh, the way I've seen him progress from being a healthy scratch for the start of the season last year, for the most of the, most of the season, to becoming a, a top four defenseman for, for Laval. Just kind of his, his trajectory and his development is really pointing towards uh, an NHL contract for next year. Uh, and I would like to see him make that step. Uh, he's, he's an old Joel, Joel Bouchard uh, player for the Armada. And uh, I would like to hope that he was signed for more than, more than just that. You know, there's defensemen are a lot harder to develop. Um, you know, we see now Corey Schweneman is with uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. We'll see how he does. But I, I kind of like these, uh, these, uh, these no-name, undrafted guys kind of proven everyone wrong and coming up so for me that's that's the guy I'm looking towards next
0: and that's it's definitely helpful when you have a, a, a local boy success story yeah especially in this market
1: no it, it's huge I mean Montreal we, we you know you have, you're online you you read everything that's going on when patriois said he should be GM like the, the Twitter exploded like it was a meltdown um, yeah Montreal a special market uh, people that say Montreal you know should to modernize and not worry about the language and all that kind of stuff it's wrong montreal is different if if, if you're you know the montreal canadians are a different organization because there's so much cultural um brand value in there and what it meant to the francophones in the 50s and the 60s when you know it was anglophone management and they were kind of the working class and the montreal canadians were sort of their their heroes they're kind of the the ones that kind of there were their superheroes back then, right? Maurice Richard was the superhero for the for the Francophone community. Uh, and, and, and there's so much just cultural value in the Montreal Canadiens for the Francophones that, you know, they kind of missed that representation of the superhero. Uh, obviously, the league has become a lot more international, like you're, you're seeing a lot more European players coming in, a lot more American players being developed. It's no longer just, you know, Canadian players that are forming the, the majority of the players in the 16 league. It's 32 teams and they're pulling from everywhere. So it's not a shock that there's less francophones uh, on the Montreal Canadiens because percentage-wise, uh, you, know, you, pick, you pick the best players. But uh, you, know, you need that French mouthpiece or that mouthpiece capable of speaking French. Um, and, and there was a lot of backlash against Gordon not speaking French, not being a francophone. And everyone's saying, you know, the GM is going to be just a mouthpiece for Gordon. We'll see. We'll see. They, they think that Patrick Waugh wouldn't be a mouthpiece. He'd be the one that would like, stand out from the rest. We'll see. We'll see. We'll get him a chance. I like how Gordon came out and basically, you know, said his piece in French as broken as it was and said, guys, like you got to give me time. Let's be be patient with me. Give me time. I'll figure this out, you know, and, uh, and that should be enough. That should have bought him enough time with the fans and the, and the media for now, let him figure out this team, let him figure out what's happening, what direction they want to go in. Let him polish up his French in the meantime. And maybe next year he'll be doing player introductions at the bell center at the beginning of the season. You never know.
0: You, you never, never know. know. But,
1: you know, it's, it's, part, it's part, part, part of Montreal's identity is having Francophone representation. And it, it's just the way it is. And it's the way it's going to be. Uh, and be at peace or, I don't know, cheer another team or do whatever you
0: want. Now, outside of Patrick Roy, is there mm-hmm. one name that you think would be a, a good choice to work with Gordon?
1: That's a good question. Um, obviously, a few names came up early on, Matthew Darch, Daniel Briere, those were kind of the big popular names right off the bat. I definitely see them going with someone who um, kind of may be taking their first steps in, in uh, hockey operations, or, or just a slight upgrade to where they are. Like, I don't see them hiring a experienced general manager. I see them hiring someone who's maybe got more of a, uh, uh, a former player or more of an analytical mind. That like Gordon came up through the commercial side. He was never a player. He came up through marketing. He kind of worked up his way through there. Uh, so to co- to find a complementary person for him is someone who came up as a player who kind of did that route. And I think between the two of them, where you have the commercial side and the player side, and together they're working the operations, that's that's a that's a good diversity in their background to kind of come up with much more educated opinions between the two of them. Uh, and we'll just we'll we'll see we'll see if that two-headed monster approach will will work or not. It's just got to give them time. I mean, there's a lot of pros, a lot of cons, a lot of ink being spilled right now over this topic, but um, no, no one can predict the future. So we'll, we'll just got to give them the benefit of the doubt and see how it goes.
0: All right. And before I let you go, I have one of the most serious questions I've ever asked anyone. Hot dog is you can... not a sandwich? <laughs> and I agree 100% agree on that one. But um, if you can travel anywhere in the world, Yeah. Where would it be and why?
1: Oh, wow. No, no other qualifiers just anywhere in the world. Anywhere. Right now, um, I would love to go back to Poland. I haven't been to Poland in a long time. Uh, especially with my young two, my two young daughters, I would love to introduce them to the motherland. You know, I, I I'm first generation Canadian, they're second generation Canadian, still got them speaking Polish. So I would love to have them go and, and kind of spend some time in Poland, kind of see where 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 the family's from, that'd be for me pretty huge. I'd love to go back to France as well. I've been to Paris about seven times, would love to go back there. France is just a beautiful country. Um, Austria is amazing. I love Europe in general. Uh, And another place that really marked me was Dubai. I had a great time in Dubai, just a beautiful, beautiful city. People are nice, Um, you know, it's, it's brand new, a lot of brand new, amazing architecture there and some stunning buildings. And the beaches and the weather aren't bad either. So, you know, it's hard for me to pick one answer, but it's somewhere between those three right now.
0: It's a good list. I mean, I can't fault you for any of those places. They're all beautiful areas. And
1: uh, except for the gold
0: soups in Dubai, those ones are tough to get through.
1: Yes. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair (laughs) enough. It gets pretty busy and a lot of people try to sell you some stuff, but
0: yeah, (laughs) you got to be the first one into the, in through the door. You get the best deals. That's it. So. I, that's pretty much it uh can you just let my listeners know where they can find you
1: yeah so uh i'm on twitter at Azadarsky. uh and or habseyesontheprize.com is where you'll find my writings uh mostly about taurider right now that's where i'm kind of focusing my efforts this season um there's also 514 shirts where uh we have a a the charity drive for with habs unfiltered for vets canada big big deal i'm very proud to be part of that um but, you know, and there's a lot of other shirts there as well. And there's long sleeves and there's hats and there's hoodies. Lots of stuff of my own design. If anybody wants to see any variants or have any ideas, shoot me a, shoot me a message. I'm more than open to, to kind of creating stuff on the fly. Like yesterday, for example, when that, when that one guy wanted a long sleeve, halves unfiltered. how yeah. long did that take me? About four minutes? They're Thereabouts, yeah. Very quick. So I can do stuff right quick, but uh, it's, a, it's a fun little side gig for me. So if anyone looking for stocking stuffers, five one four shirts as well you'll find some swag uh, and uh, yeah if you have any questions uh look me up
0: well thank you very much for coming on the show andrew i truly appreciate your uh, your time and and interacting with you uh for my listeners thank you very much for uh, for tuning in and listening you guys make this uh make this happen you make this fun so um again thank you all and remember if you're talking about it so are we Unfiltered has special sponsors. Uh, go to seatgiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event SeatGiant sells. Use the code unfiltered20, save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code unfiltered20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle and use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, Habs Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 Shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to end veterans homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt.